8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. On SAFM. New research has revealed that the world's largest trial of a four-day week are largely consistent with existing global evidence, further demonstrating the benefits of reduced hour output-focused working. The four-day week trial has been in place in over 60 companies and almost 3,000 workers through a six-month program with no loss of pay for workers. Companies rated their overall experience on the trial on at an average of 8 and a half out of 10, with business productivity and business performance each scoring 7.5 out of 10. Revenue, interestingly, rose by some 35% over the trial periods when compared to similar periods from the previous year. Let's talk more about this because it does sound from that both employer and employee are happy. Dr. Dale Whelan, Chief Executive Officer at 4 Day Week Global. Prof, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Hmm, interesting developments in the labor market, aren't these? Hello? Dale, these are interesting developments in the labor market, are they not? Absolutely, yes, sorry. Uh, Absolutely, Um, and look, thank you so much for having me on today. Um, I think it's a really important time for, uh, for South Africa as well, as we're currently launching our South African pilot in the coming days. Um, so I think the emergence of this research from the United Kingdom, which has been largely positive from both a employee and employee per- employer perspective, um, really builds momentum and the evidence to make this successful in many, many, many countries. Now, the statistics that are throughout are UK-based, I understand. Talk to us about the agitation or whatever movements there were initially that effectively became the four-day week global and the trial period. Talk to us about the journey in engaging companies, both employer and employee, as an option that is available, particularly in a more and more post-COVID society before the program itself was rolled out. The journey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the the movement itself, I suppose, we've been talking about reduced working hours for a long time. I think Richard Nixon, the previous president of the United States, said in 1950s that we'd be working a four day week um, within the next century. So we've we've really had, I suppose, a lag in conversation and actual implementation when it came to, I suppose, the journey of four day week global. We. Our founders, Andrew Barnes and Charlotte Lockhart, who are based out of New Zealand, trialed a four-day week on their own company, Perpetual Guardian. And in doing so, they partnered with academic um, institutions in New Zealand and found these initial very exciting results from the business perspective and from the people within the business's perspective. And so building on that momentum, then Andrew and Charlotte launched four-day week global with the purpose of running pilot studies across different jurisdictions and evaluating the effectiveness of this um, in different sectors and in different regions. Mainly, I suppose, we've seen a huge growth in the conversation around four-day week because we're now seeing the results of some of those trials. The first results came out in November 2022, and that was um, 33 companies from uh, the Republic of Ireland and from the United States of America. Um, And from that, we saw really positive results and this larger scale study then from the United Kingdom of um, over 60 companies really adds, I suppose, to the evidence weight of that as well. 
the function of our organization then now is to continue to run these pilot studies in different jurisdictions of which South Africa is our next large scale pilot. Um, as I said, starting in the next few days and also with another pilot running in, in early June as well for uh, interested companies to sign up with. Beyond that, then we're also looking at rolling out pilots in other European countries, in Australasia, within the United States and Canada again. And I suppose building an understanding of how this works in those regions, but also across different sectors. What does a four day week look like in reality for an organization and for its employees? I think that's a really good question. And it's one that um, I suppose the, the principle of the four day week in global and what we operate on is a 180-100 model. And that's 100% pay for 80% of the time for 100% productivity. And how you, I suppose, achieve that model or that principle is largely dependent on the sector um, that you're in. So we don't prescribe a model of working Monday to Thursday or Tuesday to Friday. For some organizations that may work, for other organizations it may work to shorten the workday across five days. And that's certainly what we found in, in our qualitative research findings in the UK pilot. Uh, we've seen a myriad of different approaches to achieving ultimately what is our goal of reduced working hours across, um, across the year. We're going to talk about the goals now. We're also going to talk about the secondary um, benefits or the impact perhaps which might not necessarily have been foreseen but as the companies are participating and as the results show they're leading you to a point where you can say this is also a critical indicator that going forward needs further science but specifically the uptake what would have been if any the initial response of organizations because well literally for 2,000 years plus Generally speaking, it has been accepted that the work week is five days and the weekend is two days. That's a pathology that has found itself in how commerce works and the structure of labor in, in institutions, really, of communication. Five split two. This one would have been, in many respects, a different landing altogether because you are challenging something which has never previously, to this point, been engaged, certainly not in the scale at which this project has. Absolutely. Um, the five-day working week, as you said, and largely, I suppose, founded in a different type of work that we did for, for many centuries, which was um, a lot more physical. Society and the way we work has changed quite radically over the last 20 years. And a huge amount of the work we do now is a lot more cognitive. And when we look at some of the very basic science around fatigue and performance, of which my own PhD is in, it it speaks that physical fatigue um, is is a pro to reach a level of physical fatigue might be at that seven to eight hour mark, but actually to reach a level of cognitive fatigue is at the three point five hour mark. So we're operating, I suppose, under this physical fatigue model in a work that's much more cognitive. So. I suppose that's why we've seen so many growing levels of burnout in the workforce over the last few years, really perpetuated by the pandemic, where people were actually working longer hours, despite the fact that there was these benefits to the work environment, like hybrid and flexible working. So I think for many organizations, they have been seeking a radical solution to what they are seeing as a emerging and unavoidable issues of burnout and fatigue in their workforce. And I think when we present them with the evidence and, and the increasing evidence base, 
um, it's becoming an easier um, an easier adoption for them. Is this in any way impacted by the fact that many organizations themselves have adopted the fully work from home approach? If any, tell us some further insights on that. Yes, I think so. The, the flexible working, hybrid working, and what I see as reduced working is ultimately the trifecta of work interventions that we need in order to make sure that the 21st century worker um, is fit for purpose. I think that when you had a huge shift of the workforce to moving uh, from moving to home, we saw this blurring of the lines between work and uh, non-work life. And in many ways, um, we saw um, a disintegration of time where people could switch off. And even though, you know, they might have achieved their, their work outputs for that day, people were checking their emails late into the evening, checking their uh, emails early in the morning before their workday started. And so what I think the four day week does is it actually re-establishes the psychological contract between the employer and the employee and saying, we don't expect you to be on all of the time anymore. We are happy once you provide the output of which we agree upon. And outside of that, we don't mind what you do, but we want you to actively switch off from your work. I've got follow up questions. There is one though from one of our listeners, a very loyal listener of ours. His name is KGM. KGM is somewhere in the northwest province of the country. He calls and confirms that he's in transit, so we hope that his line will hold. KGM, good evening. Welcome to SAFM. It's been a while. Uh, good evening, Songe. So good evening to my fellow listeners, to your guests. And of course, yes, in, indeed it has been a while. Just, just to ponder on what your guest is, is talking about. Firstly, I must confess, it disturbs me that they call themselves global. Uh, even before they're global. I mean, the fact that they're launching in South Africa and they've been launching in in other places um, does suggest to me that uh, it, it's just a name with an objective of them achieving that which they want to achieve. And I'm sure that um, they, they have the benefits to themselves into wanting to change the global system uh, of, of work, as it were, uh, to the one that suits them. I'm interested in that. Why? Why? What's in it for you guys? And don't be diplomatic or political about it. Uh, talk to me as a layman who's just an, a worker and, and wants to see the benefits to this. Because layman's terms, if I work more days, I get more paid. How is that going to be balanced in terms of I've been working five days a week or six days a week in the case of South Africa, 48 hours, and now I've got to reduce those hours. How does that impact on the the bottom line? And that is the remuneration or salaries of people. And lastly, Songezo, mm. um, why is it that the so-called global standard and norms always have to come from the West? Why... Should we as Africa listen to um, them and them and us here, the context is the peoples from across the oceans. And when we know from experience that most of what they've brought to us have just gotten us into trouble and we've been trying to get out of their system so that we can implement on our, our own. But each time we try, they bring new systems to confuse what we're trying to do, and it becomes a continuation of a bad thing. So, Nero, thanks for taking my call. 
Thank you so much, KGM. Dr. Del Whelan, Chief Executive Officer at Four Day Week Global. Well, you've got some responding to do, don't you, Del? Yes, well, thank you so much for those questions. And I think that they are really important questions to, to, to answer. The first, I suppose, the journey of Four Day Week Global, despite, I suppose, our main objective has been pilot research. The work that Andrew and Charlotte has done has been global to this point. And while, you know, the pilot studies have only been released thus far in the US and Ireland and the UK, we do have a global research agenda ongoing. Um, we have our relationships with academia as well in Boston College and with Cambridge University. And as part of the South African pilot, we are um, we are working with Stellenbosch University to ensure that um, African um, universities are, are also involved in this process. So I suppose that's my view on, on, on the, the narrative around why we define ourselves as global. And we are ambitious to wanting to have this conversation in as many jurisdictions as possible, recognizing the differences that exist between um, different uh, countries and their own political systems as well, and trying to figure out how that might work for them. I think your listener raises an important point around um, remuneration of the employer and what we absolutely are not advocating for is a reduction in pay for the employer as a result of this process. And so working um, in order to be, I suppose, of the standard of what we expect in 4 Day Week Global is assuring both legally and working with relevant trade unions to ensure that people's uh, um, salary is not going to be impacted by this process. In, rela in relation to the second comment, then I think you're totally right. You know, a Western approach to um, or a very European centric approach to um, understanding the complex nuances between different continents is not going to work. And that is why, why we have conducted our research out of um, out of Boston, out of Cambridge University at the moment. We are working with local bodies who are running their own campaigns as part of this. And Karen Lowe is the lead of the South African um, four-day week global project. And she's actually based um, based in South Africa as well and has recruited to this date, to this point, 28 South African businesses and one Botswanan business um, for the four-day week pilot in, in, in Africa. And so what I suppose I don't want your listener to take away is that we are somehow advising from the West, we are very much hoping um, that this will be led from the geographies themselves. This is an interesting conversation, and I'm going to move over ever so slightly away from four-day week global, specifically what we are talking about, to the broader philosophy that really is being engaged here. The time is 2147, so we've got a bit of time to engage, if you like, the science of work time. You know, the regulation of work time is one of the oldest concerns of the ILO, International Labour Organization. In fact, 1919, the very first ILO, International Labour Organization Convention, was convened, and specifically to engage the question of limited hours of work and providing for adequate rest period for workers. KGM is very much an advocate for African solutions to African challenges. So, well then, let us engage that in part, and I would welcome his contribution or anybody else's for that matter on this. I have no doubt you have heard that we all have the same 24 hours in a day. But in a South Africa context, that is a completely different statement 
if not a completely useless statement to make when you incorporate the factors that impact on one's time. In South Africa, you have apartheid spatial planning, where access to resources and opportunities for learning and progress and development were concentrated around what is cities and towns and townships and the rural setup is where the African, Indian and colored communities were designated to live and stay, the Group Areas Act. Now, in order to access the cities, the towns, access to opportunities, learning opportunities, work, one needed to use a public transport system that not only is it still inadequate, but consumes that much more time to access those centers, which those who live around those centers do not have to make such an investment, both in terms of financial investment and time-based investments. So what you get in the result, the impact that access to opportunity has for one group over another. The social impact, the social impact of that becomes that much more pronounced. A parent who lives 30 kilometers or 40, sometimes even more away from work, has a young family. And if you incorporate the migrant labor system in South Africa, that household is headed by the mother because the parent, the father in this instance, I beg your pardon, is out in the mines. The question then of us all having the same 24 hours in a day is completely blown out of the water simply because the conditions on the ground do not support that statement. This four-day week, therefore coming back to it, has an opportunity in the South Africa context to address some of those historic problems, and addressing doesn't mean solve, merely address, particularly for those who are vulnerable employees to have a semblance of dignity associated with work. I hope this anecdote I've offered offers an opportunity for you to engage beyond the four-day week itself, the integrity of work and addressing some of the principles that underlie the establishment of the ILO. Your thoughts there, Dale? I think it's a really um, excellent example. And thank you so much for, for saying it so eloquently as well. One of the things I am particularly interested in as part of our research agenda this year is to broaden some of our understandings around the societal impacts of a reduced working um, model, not just on the employer and the employee, but on society as a whole. And some of the preliminary research we have done to date has looked at how, um, you know, when we can reduce working hours on people, it frees up people's time to engage in activities that is of more benefit to them and their own engagement, their own uh, well-being and mental health. But not even just that, we've seen um, some of our research and one of the issues is around gender equality and gender parity um, in work and outside of work and we've seen an increase in parenting uh, duties by um, males compared to um, pre-trial data so we've seen a shift in, in the dynamics of parenthood um, as a result of these trials we've also seen an increase in pro-social behaviors for sustainable um for, for climate change and for sustainability going forward. And I think what you're talking about now, and it's, it's an area I really want to focus on this year, is how reduced working hours can create greater equity within society, um, in, in, in groups which have been traditionally marginalised and underrepresented um, and disadvantaged by larger scale policies in society. 
Fantastic. I propose to take a couple of voice notes. I understand that your Zoom facility is about to end, and then so we're going to have to redial you there, Dale. Please do stay on the line. We have all of eight minutes left in this conversation. You at home, where you are employed or where you employ, what are your thoughts on this proposed four-day week for South Africa? And, of course, different sectors and different industries may not necessarily be in a position to even consider this. Perhaps for some it is long overdue. How does this dovetail with you already being at home? Would it have an impact speculatively? What are your thoughts on that? Please do give us a call. 086-000-2032. Drop us a WhatsApp voice note on 0614-104-107. I really am interested in your thoughts. As I would imagine, Dale Whelan would be. He is the Chief Executive Officer at 4-Day Week Global now in South Africa for a trial period. More about that after the break. But for now, let's take a couple of voice notes. Hi. Good evening to you, Sengezo, and your guest there. I, it's Kali. I can't quite concur with um, KGM, uh, although he, he's called after a very long time. Um, uh, the worker, why? I think we are going to alter uh, nature now, you know, in a faraway thing. And, and and I think the manual workers are going to lose out here. You know what I mean? Let's leave it at five days and two days off, as you say. Thank you. Hello, Sangezo. I wanted to find out about the four-day week uh, proposal. The fact that people want to prove so much that it can work, does it not itself lend it to being a success? but may not be sustainable, but it will be just sustainable in the short run because people want to prove that they can make it work. Number two, the amount of work people do away from work or over the weekend, does it not make up for the days that they are not coming to work because they are already working anyway, hours when they are supposed to be resting at home during the weekend? Fantastic. Well, excellent point. I, I, I don't know how much of that last voice note you were able to hear, Dale. The fact that many people do work outside the regulated hours of work. So even if this were to be rolled out, the fact is people, as you were referring to in part earlier on, are inclined to wake up and check their emails or just before they go to bed, they do the same thing. And generally speaking, over times where they're are not obliged to be in the workplace, but nonetheless have access to their work, does that then not come up ultimately to be that fifth day? This is at least a contribution from one of our listeners. Take a bite at that, if you will. Yes, thank you. And I'm so sorry my my dropped there for a moment, so I didn't quite hear what the first caller had said. Um, on that point from the second caller, um, it's a really good point. I think when I spoke about that concept of the psychological contract, um, you know, we have a, a society now that is very much switched on all of the time and blurring blurring of the lines between of work and, and non-work life. So there is a duty of responsibility actually on the individual as well to put up their own safeguards to protect themselves from overworking as well. I think the policy and directive coming from a company to say you are Incur you're not you're entitled, but you're also encouraged to turn off um your your work and not to turn up. That that is actually and that you are not going to be apprehended or reprimanded for doing so. 
that's a powerful motivator for people to actually actively engage in that self uh, changing behavior for themselves. So there is there is a responsibility on the individual to do so, but ultimately they can't do that unless they receive the the positive green light from um from their manager as well. On the first point that the the second caller was making around you know how sustainable is something like this going forward and i think again another important point to make we often do see in research uh, a positive influx um in findings particularly for something as positive as this and something that an employer would see as quite advantageous but we have put in controls as part of our sort of design and we work independently while we run the trials um we actually have our partner academic institutions who do unbiased research dependent of us to ensure that they control for those sort of psychological uh, influences as part of the research. And one of our focuses as well over the next, uh, we have done the first six months of a pilot, which is a long period of time, might I say, to run um, and, and see fluctuations in data. But a lot of those companies are also staying on now and we will see um, in the next six months how that changes um, within the organization over a year period. You know, as a behavioral scientist, I am minded just to reflect on, in this context, we're talking about the four-day week. But certainly there are some examples from Scandinavia's schooling system, some of the nations there. Whilst the children may be physically at school, school itself is not about being in the classroom and being substantively and cerebrally engaged in that sense but investing just as much time into nothing other than play that facilitates the other social aspects of growth and development in the child. Is this not the adult's version of that? I'm just asking this rhetorically. Would there be links behind the philosophy or the thinking behind whilst children may be physically at school, but they're not necessarily invested in that typical culture of learning because they're not sitting in the classroom receiving instructions, but rather engaging in their social development, motor neuron development, especially in this context. Marry those two schools of thought if they indeed are marriable. One, two, I want to play a voice note, and then, in fact, I'm going to take a call because we do have a call from a person whose name is Summit calling from Cape Town. Summit in Cape Town, your thoughts? We've got less than a minute already, but Summit, go for it, please. All right. Oh, Songa, the bigger problem is, you know, they they do the research on the efficiency of that four-day week because mostly it's about work. We work for pay hours, like we need to work 45 hours a week, or you see. So it depends on the efficiency of the people. And also, if you check as much as we can be four days at work, but you go, most people, they are more busier at home than they are at work. Fantastic. You know? More people are busier, generally speaking, at least that's a view from Summit. They're more busy at home than they are at work. And has this been trialed and researched? And it's not 45 hours of work in, in a given week, Summit. At least South Africa legislatively, it's eight hours by five in a day. So it amounts to 40 hours beyond a particular threshold in the Basic Conditions of Employment Act details that you have to be paid for overtime. Above the threshold, the conversation differs. But do you want to respond to that, what little you can, in the time that we have, Dale? Both on the caller's <laughs> point and what I addressed earlier on. Yes, uh, I will try. Um, I, I'm not fully sh- sure what the the 
comment of your your caller there was but if it was our, our model is to reduce the working hours to 32 that's that's certainly what we're trying to achieve and I think that feeds into your second comment it is the adult version I think and it's a really good analogy because um you know we don't have enough fun in our life we don't have enough time currently in our in our working in our day, seven day week to actually catch up on all of the life admin that we have to typically end up putting to the back burner for the majority of the working week be able to catch up on that but then you're right having time to to play whether it's going and exercising whether it's meeting up with friends whether it's you know playing some football whatever it is for you something like this actually helps facilitate that in a much more authentic way Fantastic. I'm going to play a voice note after which I'm going to say to the listeners goodbye because I'm already a minute over time with the news, but hopefully the indulgence of great hosts will extend as far as this. Good evening, Songezo and uh, your guest. I like the idea, the idea of the four-day week. Currently where I work, we have one day working from home. So for me, it's already like a four-day week. However, if it would be official, um, I support it. You know, sometimes when you're working from home, you can adjust and do things that are very important, like taking your kid to school, um, taking your car to the car wash. You know, so many things that you can do, even cooking for your, for your kids before they come back from school. So these are the things that um, we need as uh, employees. Sometimes we don't have enough time when you come back from work, you are tired. But the four-day week will give us time to adjust certain things like doing your shopping. You know, if you're working nine to five, uh, five days or six days a week, you hardly have time to yourself. So it's really needed. Um, I support it. Thank you. Sakila from Deben. Thank you, Sakila. Thanks to Dale. Thanks to you at home for participating. And thanks especially for the indulgence on the part of Greg Host. Thank you especially, especially, especially to you, Mukopo. Songezo, you're dishing out quality radio. Kialibu Khandade Enkosi 2202. It's time for news with Greg.